I, at the very end, she had us do the, the wheel, the wagon wheel. No, what's it called? It's not a wagon wheel. Do you know like what I'm talking about? Wheel pose or? Yeah, the wheel pose. I think that's a, not wagon wheel. Push you along, maybe. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, if only. Like, um, and I was like, honey, I'm not trying that. And then uh, there were two of us that were like novices to that. And, uh, we just looked at each other like, um, we'll just stand here. <laughs> Not so Peter Priesthood podcast. This is your host Jake. Um, right at the top, uh, ain't shit going on. However, you can send your stories, your gripes, your love letters, your hate mail to me at not so Peter Priesthood at gmail.com or at um, Instagram at not so Peter Priesthood. Um, I am pretty regularly on there. Because I have no life, and I just look at my phone constantly. So, there it is. Um, that's a little tidbit about me that you did not need to know or asked for. So, um, <laughs> on that note, our special guest is the lovely Dusty, who has returned to grace us with her Canadian presence. <laughs> How you doing, eh? <laughs> <laughs> How would they say that in Newfoundland? Um, see, I said it right. Um, how would they say it? <laughs> I don't even know. They just uh, like drop consonants off the ends of their words, so they'd be like, "Hey, you, <laughs> Yeah, they just like mush it together. It's very, yeah. I can't understand if he's at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, all right. So um, we, oh, I have uh, moments with Mormons. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, mine today actually happened today and I went to Deseret Book. <laughs> what? And what? yeah. And uh, with my, I went with my mother, and um, I was doing, I was kind of being like, she was like, oh, you she asked me if I, um, if I would break out in hives if I went there, I think that's what she said, and I was like, eh. or I'll probably, like, burn up, you know, whatever, thinking in my brain, it was just like, I'll probably, like, I don't know, internally combust, and um, she, uh, she meant it because that's where I used to work, but in my brain, I was thinking, oh, it's because I'm <laughs> uh, not a, yeah, not yeah. very righteous. <laughs> and um, anyway, they have Legos of temples now, like little, like 3D things that you can make of temples. And uh, it even comes with its own little couple. It's like, of course, a hetero couple. And then, um, Fight, and then they... Yep, white. Oh, yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, yellow. 
So I guess. Oh, okay. <laughs> but like the um, and then they had a Noah's Ark one, which the giraffes were like as tall as the Ark. So I was like, how? <laughs> Did you listen to Not So Molly Mormon? I did, yeah, and I still do them. I was yeah. crying. I was laughing so hard. Yeah. Like, yeah. the poop factor alone. Right? I well, it, also, it also made me think of the um, Book of Mormon story where the Jaredites go across in their little submarine things, basically, that they like, yeah. can flip over or something like they could be tossed about in the sea and it's fine and yeah. I'm just like so they're just basically rolling around in shit <laughs> this is how I'm picturing that yeah <laughs> just like in a barrel rolling through yeah <laughs> rolling across the ocean it's fine yeah because that's totally like actually could happen like like, like okay <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. legit yeah like people go over the Niagara Falls with in barrels and don't make it so like how <laughs> not just one person alone in a barrel yeah yeah mm. a anyway. few holes. <laughs> just a few holes but apparently not in the barges because those were tied like unto a dish <laughs> not in the barges <laughs> <laughs> but they made several good points on that show like the um the wood like how would the wood even sustain because like being on a ship that's made of steel it gets rusty it gets yeah. like and then it's like the salt alone like eats away at everything so and again the penguins waddle down from i was yeah. laughing i was just imagining these little penguins like <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we're here. Let's go. <laughs> Get on the boat. Yeah. Tigers don't eat us. It's fine. And then, yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand. I don't. Yeah. The fact that people think that that actually happened. I remember watching a documentary on it about them, like these historians actually trying to figure out if it actually could happen, or in, like these like possible like remnants of it. And I was like, and they were just. Because there is something that they think. Yeah, I remember something in traffic, yeah. Yeah. And they were like, oh, this could have been the Ark or whatever. And I'm like, no, I don't know. The dimensions alone, I'm just like, how? Six people could build that in. Anyway. Yeah. If you want to know about that, listen to their episode. It was fantastic, as it's usual. So All their episodes are fun. They make me, yeah. like, cry laugh. Yeah. <laughs> cry, I laugh, I yell with profanities, you know, <laughs> I <laughs> gasp. The whole spectrum of emotion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Sarah and Katie for the amazing work you do. Um, but anyway, we are going to talk about something I'm very excited about. Um, Dusty has experience in yoga, so we're going to talk about how that's... Uh, basically another cult (laughs) it's a little culty yeah Yeah, definitely i mean in north america for sure yeah yeah and then kind of get into the health and wellness industry itself and like that kind of stuff so take it away dusty cool all right um 
So I got started in yoga when I was in my early 20s. Um, I was a really active kid. I like skied. I was a competitive swimmer. So I had a few aches and pains at a, at a young age. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like had knee issues and like my hips were always really tight. Um, and so I had a friend suggest that I needed to try. Sorry to, um, <laughs> first of all, the knees. <laughs> And then second of all, you know that song on TikTok where it's like, my back is aching, my bra's too tight, my hips are shaking from left to right. That's why I was thinking yeah. of anyway. <laughs> that song was written for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, go on. <laughs> so, yeah, so like a friend suggested like, hey, you should try yoga. Like it would help like stretch parts of your body that like you're having trouble with. And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. There was... <clears throat> like um at my gym they had like a yoga session you could just like sign up for it was just part of your membership or whatever I was like yeah sure I'll give it a try I don't even think I had a yoga mat I think I might have borrowed one I don't remember I don't remember honestly um <clears throat> but I went to my first yoga class at the gym and I liked it um found a lot of relief like being able to like stretch my hips in a way that was really helpful. Um, yeah. Like, I feel like growing up, at least for me, there was not a lot of body awareness. Oh, definitely. Like, our bodies were so off limit that moving our bodies even a certain way was kind of taboo. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like as like a kid, I was never properly instructed how to, like, how to move my body, you know, growing up in a, Mormon town and everybody was LDS like nobody's going to teach you to bend over and touch your toes yeah or whatever so anyways well that makes sense I um just so the only thing I can think remember from when I was younger like doing the oh there's a whole thing uh, the president's um fitness test or whatever where you're just like um and you have to do so many whatever pull-ups and you do like the we never did the rope climb. I don't remember doing the rope climb, but we did like all this other stuff. And we had to, there was one thing where we had to stretch and like touch this box. And like you would, there were markers for how far you could reach past your toes. Mm-hmm. And I, for some reason, was able to just bend over and just like, yeah. And I remember <laughs> the teacher was just like, what? She was so surprised that I was able to do that. And I was, she's like, you, she's like, you've reached past more than some of the girls. And I was like, well, what can I say? <laughs> I'm just very bendy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not that case anymore, but you know, it's fine. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. yeah you're right. Uh, like, that. like playing basketball, like, you know, I don't know, like you stretch out your calves and, Flexor quads, that was it. Stuff, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, whatever, and you don't really like flexibility isn't necessarily a big factor of basketball. No. And I never, I remember like stretching was always just kind of like a, eh, well, we'll kind of do it. You know, it was always like on a side thing, like, I don't know. Like an afterthought, like, oh yeah, you should probably yeah. stretch it out. You'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But yeah, the body awareness is definitely like a, not a, thing especially growing up mormon it's not and you don't it's like they don't want you to be aware of your body like in the the 
stuff it can do and it, like the its abilities because then it's then you get too free and they don't want that <laughs> yeah yeah definitely like even yeah just even like dancing and stuff you always felt like you kind of had to like hold yourself in a little bit so anyways so I can, yeah, yeah <laughs> like a, like high school dances are we talking about like yeah yeah I always felt weird because like you'd always see like you know, on TV where they're dancing all up on each other and stuff. Or, like, I remember when junior high, that's when people started grinding and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's scandalous. And I was just, I, um, and I would never, like, it always felt weird to me. But now I'm like, okay, whatever. But, like, the, um, I don't know, like, that was always, like, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. But I always, like, even, like, fast dancing, like, I was just like, uh, and then slow dancing, of course, you got to keep the, you know, straight arms, whatever, keep the, the bubble between you. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Like, I remember watching, like, we'd go to, like, other schools, dances or whatever, or, like, we go to other cities, like, stake dances. And even in different cities, I felt like these people could move their bodies in ways that I was like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. am I just, is there something wrong with me? I just never... <laughs> I never understood it. So yeah, starting yoga, I realized that like I had this ability to like move my body and have this kind of power over my body that I'd never had before. Mm-hmm. Which was, I, it would have been so helpful younger because I was such a klutz. Like I, <laughs> girl, <laughs> my legs and arms were too long for my body. I was like a Labrador puppy, like constantly just like <laughs> could not. Oh, I was a wreck. I was such a mess. <laughs> so, yeah, like proprioception was not even a term I'd even heard until I was an adult. Like knowing where your body is in space never, never occurred to me. <laughs> yeah, well, what is that propio? Proprioception is like the ability to know where your body is in relation to the space around you. So like oh. being able to put your arms out completely level and knowing that they're level without looking at them. Oh. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Today's show is brought to you by the word proprioception. <laughs> will not be on Wordle. It's too long. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, Wordle. Oh, Wordle. <laughs> oh, Wordle. Yeah. Uh, Y'all spell it. little, little side note. Um, today's word, it's not a spoiler because this is later. So if you didn't get it, you didn't get it. But today's word was humor. And as you know, Americans spell it H-U-M-O-R and Canadians spell it H-U-M-O-U-R. <laughs> and so she was, she, uh, yeah. Uh, our Canadian friend was <laughs> trying to figure out what the word was. And I was just like, do you want me to give you a hint? I was like, it starts with H. And she's like, is it H something some O R? And I was like, yes. And she was like, I can't get it. So mad. I was so mad. <laughs> and I said, you have a really good sense of dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Humor has too many letters. What is wrong with him? And then I was like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, so it was, you know, we have to be different. And <laughs> we uh, just have to 
yeah, I was. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. I was just like, come on, humor. <laughs> oh. I even thought, like, wait, oh, how do you spell tumor? Letter? Like, I, oh my god, I was so mad. How do you guys spell tumor? Tumor? T U M O R? Yeah, then why do you spell humor that way? <laughs> make it make color, sense, Dusty. <laughs> color, honor, humor. I can't think of anything else off the top of my head, but they'll have a U in them. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, I'm mad. Anyways. I'm On that note. <laughs> um, so, proprioception. So yeah. All right. Proprioception, yeah. So, um, so yeah, it helped a lot. I felt like I had this like incredible like ability. It was starting to get some flexibility I've never had. Like being able to bend over and tie my shoe was like what? It was cool. <laughs> what I can do. <laughs> it's a trick. <laughs> <laughs> so when I moved out of that city, moved to a new city, um, I was like, well, I'm gonna find a place to do yoga. Um and I happened to be walking down the street and there was a yoga studio on the street I was walking down. I was like, oh, look at that. There was a schedule that you could take on the front of the door, just a piece of paper schedule. So I grabbed the schedule, kind of looked through and found one that would work for me. Um, it was kind of like a beginner type class. I was like, okay, great. I'm going to do this. Signed up, went to the class and okay. So I'd been doing it in like a gym, like an old like two-story gym. It was like a YMCA, basically. <clears throat> I've even been a Y. But anyways. Um, so I walk into this yoga studio. And it has low lighting. There's candles. And it smells incredible. Mm-hmm. It's like really beautiful, soft music playing. Everybody's talking. And it's like a really soft voice. It's just being soft. Very whispery. Yeah, yes. got it. Welcome to our studio. We're so happy you're here. Like, <laughs> and I was in like a really stressful corporate job. Um, had just moved. Um, was planning a wedding. Like, it was just a really stressful time in my life, and it just was like the perfect thing that I needed. I just needed that. Right. So I was hooked on the studio after that. Like, hooked. Um, I was going to classes like four times a week at least um paying a lot of money (laughs) um (laughs) did finally invest in my own mat so yeah um (laughs) and was doing good like you know was getting good at yoga whatever that means Mm -hmm. um and then they were doing um they reorganized at my company and I ended up being let go it's a whole other story, but so I no longer had a job. Um, and I was stressing out because how was I going to afford to pay for yoga? Cause it is very expensive to take a yoga class. Um, so my pass was up for renewal and I kind of become friendly with like the owners and some of the instructors. And I was talking to them about how like stressed I was and they were like, well, yeah, if, if this is going to be a stressful time in your life, you're still going to have to do yoga. You need it in your life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so they approached me and said, if I would clean the studio, then I could have classes for free. 
Ooh. So kind of a trade-off, right? So I cleaned, I think I cleaned three times a week and then I could go to any yoga class I wanted for free. Huh. And so, yeah, that's how I got sucked into being a part of the yoga world. Oh, wow. So that, um, just when you're talking about that, it makes me think of, um, so they're like for a, a, what is the, for something that's so like centered on you and your mind and your body and all this stuff, they sure didn't like take into account like, oh, she has financial problems, but let's just, you know, add to like, let's just, let's not even pay attention to that. Let's just like try and keep her here. Let's try and keep her coming back so that there's, and there's no, there was no uh, recognition about like, oh, she's stressed out. There was, but it was like for their benefit, not for yours. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a very, it's called um, karma, like karma cleaning or karma volunteering where you put something into the studio and then you get something from the studio back. It's really common, at least up here. Um, A lot of people I know do do that they'll clean a studio or they'll like work the front desk or answer phones or whatever and then they get access to classes so yeah and free yeah labor. Back, free labor yeah 100%. hey there's another word l-a-b-o-u-r yes <laughs> there we go sorry <laughs> so um one. Sorry. um yeah, so yeah, free labor basically. I was cleaning the studio, um, and that's kind of how I went from being a cleaner to then also running the front desk. Um, yeah, and I did that for quite quite a while actually. Um, well, okay, so I know like, and some about yoga that like gets an Eastern. It's like Eastern medicine, basically like an Eastern. Uh, is it what would you call it? is it a philosophy not a philosophy but like a way of life is what is it yeah, like it's, it's definitely uh, like a philosophy based um so there's different types of yoga of yoga um so there's like ashtanga yoga which has like a set practice that you do like they have mm-hmm. very set and it doesn't change um there is bikram yoga you've heard of which is hot yoga so it's like 110 Mm -hmm. degrees in the studio and it's intense um there is iyengar yoga which is more um making yoga work for like your body and like um, that's what i took so that's why i know a little bit more about it um Mm -hmm. um so yeah there's there's different there's different aspects of yoga and there's different beliefs in it um a lot of like when you you get really into it, like, um, I'm blanking on his name. There's a book. (laughs) (laughs) It's basically like a yoga Bible. Um, I should have pulled mine out. I'm not even thinking. should have grabbed it. But Punjali, I think, is the name of the guy that wrote it. Bhaktagvah Gita. I found it. Oh, good Lord. Okay. Patanjali now, classical yoga for today. So Patanjali now, and then the the 
the Bhagavad Gita is the other Bhagavad one. Gita. Bhagavad Gita. Uh, I have I've heard of that. Okay. And we sell it at Barnes and Noble. Ding ding ding. Not sponsored by Barnes and Noble. However, we sell it there. <laughs> I have a copy of it somewhere. I, yeah, I have that. I have um. Yeah, the Yoga Sutra. I have I have all of them still in my house. Yoga Sutra. Every time I hear that is Kama Sutra. Ooh. Scandalous. Scandalous. Um. Yeah. So there's like a whole. Yeah, there's like a whole spirituality side to yoga that I didn't even fully understand. Um, just being like just practicing yoga, I had no, I had no idea, none whatsoever. Um, so where did I get to in my story? Sorry. Uh, so you were talking about the. Just a second. Okay. So you were talking about the um, the karma cleaning, that kind of stuff. But okay, okay. I was gonna say, and I asked you like, what the it, like if it was like a considered a philosophy or like a, and that's where we got into the Punjabi and right. But the um, I was thinking about how like the Westernization of all this has like taken exactly. away a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah, because there are um like there's physical, there's psychological, there's mental, there's intellectual, and there's spiritual. And there's a bunch of different arms of yoga. And like there's they're called the yamas and the nayamas. And it's things like non-attachment or um do no harm. Like there there's all these different aspects to it. And a lot of I think a lot of like the core beliefs has really been kind of twisted in Western culture to, yeah, kind of bastardize it a little bit. That's just my. And to, and to fit our needs too, like, cause Western or Western people like to do that. Like we like to take our, take something from other cultures and just make it into something else. And like, we just, it's colonization basically, but, um, in a different way. I'm sure there's a word for that, but the that's um but like I like the bastardization. That's a good word for it. Um but just like, you know, I just think of like you go to like food, like you go to um the food like you go to a Thai place here, it's not gonna be it's gonna be good, but it's not gonna be the same as like in yeah. Thailand, obviously. But like um Unless you go to like a Thai place here that's actually run by Thai people, so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but uh, I know from what I do know of yoga. It's like, um, I do have a couple stories about yoga, but the, <laughs> um, my friend, I have a friend that, that is really into it, and um, she focuses on like the lotus and how that's like a huge aspect of yoga but i don't know if it's i don't know if it's just how she is like it's a big thing in there um but she um always talks about mindfulness and how yoga helps you center your, your mind on and get you your body centered also so mm -hmm. i do like that aspect of it but i do i definitely think that it's become 
it's just like Westerners with the capitalism too. Like they see something that's marketable and they take it and make it into something that, um, that it's not meant to be for. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Because, um, like a lot of what I learned about yoga was, um, yeah, it was just taking care of your body and, and yeah, we put a lot of emphasis on things that can happen without you having to like work on them. Like say, for example, I carry a lot of stress in my hips. I don't need to know that to know that like doing a lotus pose is going to help me feel calm. You know what I mean? Mm. So anyways. (laughs) (laughs) But the reason why I even brought that up was because I was thinking of the karma cleaning because like karma is a term from Eastern culture. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like something that they've taken and made into something that's completely not what it's supposed to be about. And, but they're using that to make it sound like, Oh, it's part of the, the culture. It's part of our thing, you know? And it's Mm -hmm. like you said, it's, and it's, and also I was thinking about like, because this is a podcast about, you know, Mormonism, um, like cleaning the church and how Mm -hmm. like, when you go, like, you'll have families that are poor and, like, they're struggling for bills or something, and the, they'll go to their bishop and he'll say, we'll clean the church for so many, you know, for us, and we'll pay these bills for you. Kind of, yeah. so it's kind of the same thing. Or we'll give you food for this much, for this month, month or something like that. So don't forget to pay your tithing. Yeah. Yeah. Just make mm-hmm. sure to pay your tithing and then... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of how I got started, like in the whole lifestyle, I guess. Um, I noticed, so coming from the corporate world, excuse me, sorry. And always trying to like, what's the next thing that we could do? I knew that there was a lot of people who couldn't come to certain classes because they didn't have childcare. And, um, I, so my cousin is on the autism spectrum. And um, they did a lot of brain gym stuff with her that was incredible. Um, So touching from like one side of the brain to the other, like cross body stuff. And so I knew that there was a lot of um, introduction of bringing yoga to kids who are on the spectrum and working with them for that. And so I thought it would be a really good idea to start offering like kids types classes. Um, So we brought those in. Um, there was a younger girl, a younger instructor who taught like teens, but she didn't really want to deal with like younger kids. Um, and so we started chatting about it. We had one instructor who liked dealing with younger kids, but she'd only do it on like weekends. And that's when kids have soccer games and hockey and everything. Right. Um, so long story short, I decided I was going to take kids yoga teacher training. Not full yoga teacher training, um, but you can teach here anyways. You can teach kids if you take um, up to 50 hours of training, then you are you can be a kid's te- teacher. Mm. That's what I decided I was going to do. Um, found this really incredible organization, um, and it really jived with me because it was started because the owner 
was working with kids on the spectrum and she was noticing how much it was helping them. And she was this young girl and it was just, it was an incredible experience. Like that part of it was absolutely amazing. Took the kids training and it was life changing just because I met these really incredible women who were, who wanted to change the world and make it a better place. We became really good friends. Um, And working with kids is such it's just, it's just so satisfying to like watch a kid do something for the first time. And that like pure joy in their eyes is just, there's nothing like it. So yeah, I loved it. I, I ended up working for that organization as well, teaching for them as well as the yoga studio. Um, I was teaching a lot. Um, yeah. And so I was getting more involved in it, more involved in it. And then it was, well, why don't you take your full training? And they offered training through the studio that I worked at. They offered teacher training. Um, it was extremely expensive. Like, there there was no way I could have swung that. Um, and it was, I think it was a 10-day. You were there for like 12 hours a day. The whole time you never left to try and get, because an adult teacher, adult yoga teacher training is 200 hours. Yeah. So you had to like pound those hours in to get it done. And I know a lot of people have like gone and done it on like in Mexico over a few weeks or, um, yeah, that sort of thing. And I, mind you, I was working for the studio for free. I was still, I was teaching, so I was getting paid at least for that. Um, And then I was just kind of working. I think I was working at a pet store at the same time. I don't even remember. But not not a great job, right? Um, And they kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. Like, you need to take your teacher training. You need to take your teacher training. And I ended up talking to a really good friend of mine who was a a teacher, And she said, you should take it, but you should take one that aligns with your value system. So um, so there's so many different types of yoga out there. Like everybody has their own brand of yoga. Mm -hmm. Um, So I researched into, we have a yoga college here and I researched the kind of yoga and it was Iyengar yoga. And it just really, it felt really good to me. It was really focused on... um, postures and anatomy and like more of like a scientific feeling behind it and being really careful with bodies and I liked that I liked that more than like oh I can do this really fancy pose with my foot straight up in the air I really liked the idea of stacking joints and being safe especially working with kids um So I signed up to take that and I was going to take it over six months. Um, So I would just do like two days a week at the college. And then there was, they also offered that you could do a practicum. So that was extra hours of working with people and seeing bodies. Um, We had a professor of communication would come in and do a module with us. Um, We had a physiotherapist come in and like talk to us. We had this um, really great author and scientist come in and talk to us about like bone structure and how to come back from back injuries and stuff. Like it was an incredible program um, and I loved it. 
So <laughs> I did that. Um, I graduated and there was definitely like a bit of an annoyance that I didn't take what they had offered. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I, so at the same time as me taking this class, they had offered a training. And so I was working at the studio while the training was going on, while I was in my training at a completely different place. And girl, <laughs> so these people came in the beginning of training and they were so excited. They had that like light in their eyes and they were going to learn to be yoga instructors and they're going to change the world. And everything's going to be great. And as the time went on, it was mostly women. I think there was maybe a few men in the class, but it was mostly women. These women became such bitches and there's no other way to put it. They were rude to the staff. They were nasty, messy women that just like left a huge, like they were supposed to help take care of the studio because they were there so much. They left it disgusting. Um, Like we would have clients coming in like for paying for classes and they would just like stand in the way and like look down their noses at them. And it was such a problem. And I was just watching this, like, what are you learning in this class that, that that's how you get to, to act? Like it just, it really bothered me. And I was really happy that I didn't take their training. (laughs) Because you'd be a total bitch then. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So anyways, so after I graduated, um, I, so they wouldn't let, because I didn't take their training. I had to um, audition basically to become a teacher, which was fine. Um, I mean, you want to, you want to see what somebody knows, right? So I had to co-teach with someone, um, for several classes. Um, so the first training I started the class, I was so confident. I got up there and I said, now I have learned my instruction with helping you with modifications. If you do not want me to touch your body, do not feel bad about it. I won't be offended. I'm simply going to lay a hand on you. I'm not going to force you, but I'm just going to give you a few cues to help with your body alignment. Um, and so there was a few people in the class that I said, may I, may I place a hand on your back? And they would say, yes. And so I would just place my hand on my back and I'd say, try and move your back away from my hand. And they would shift their body and their posture would change. And that was all I would do with just really simple, simple things like that. I wasn't forcing anybody to move their body. I wasn't laying hands on anybody that didn't want it. Um, Just very respectful of people's space. And that was something that they had never seen in that studio before. Um, And so after those few classes, the comments were coming out like, Dusty's incredible. She helped me reach deeper into my practice. She's so gentle. She helped me discover things about my body without touching me or forcing me. Like it was really good, really positive feedback of all these things. I was using terms that I knew from an anatomy class. I was, you know, talking to people about their bodies, knowing what those joints were, knowing what those muscles were. And yeah, it was incredible. And I was getting requested. People wanted me. People wanted to come to my class. And I got dropped from the roster. What? Yep. Because I was getting a little too popular. Uh, mm-hmm. So, um, 
Yeah. And they wanted their girls to be the popular ones because they had come from their studio. So they were. Yeah. They wanted everybody to have their accreditation and their guidelines using their terminology. And I didn't fit. Yeah. Because I was teaching people how to, that they didn't actually need somebody pushing them, that they could do it on their own, right? Yeah. And they could heal from these things. These reasons that they were coming to yoga, you can heal them. You could make it work better. You don't need to be stuck in this beginner class. You don't need to keep paying tons of money for these sessions when you could just go to whichever because you know how to modify it, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I got dropped. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I started teaching private classes still through the studio because I felt like, oh, this is going to be, it's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. I've spent so much money. On <laughs> yeah. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I started teaching privately. Um, people were still requesting me and for some reason I wasn't getting classes. And yeah, wow. I had a huge, huge blow up with the manager or the owner of the studio uh-huh. that was the end <laughs> damn i um well just going back to like how those girls they started so like light and happy and everything and then they you know get into this like entitlement thing that just like that's a total cult like behavior too of just like feeling like you're special and that there's something special about you because you know something other people don't and you're about to give them this gift and that's kind of it sounds like that's what that instruct that program was teaching them was that there's you are the one that has the gift you know and like that's the church where it's just like we're the one one and only true church you know and then like you know so then it gives you that superiority complex of like and separation and othering like we've talked about before Mm -hmm. where it's just like making um, non-members feel lesser you know and like we don't touch them we don't talk to them they're the peasants you know like yeah yeah they're below us yeah 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 because I know quite a few like, there's a lot of really incredible yoga instructors out there and they all are like yeah move your body work your body make it work for you and they're incredible and then there's instructors that are like they just they almost act like their presence is enough for you to just be zen and <laughs> everything's fine and yeah. I feel like when we were talking about this earlier, you mentioned something about how people will take the title of guru without actually you you didn't think that they actually earned that title or like um, they just like took that on themselves because they thought they were so great. And yeah. It's like, are you actually a guru because like a guru in eastern culture is very much like a very respected position yeah very much so and there's a lot of people that think that because i don't know they paid their three thousand dollars and went to a mexican beach Mm -hmm. they're i don't know it's just it's a really weird world it's a really weird world. that's a whole different culture like and it's not even like culture because it's like it's not even like Eastern culture. Like that's the ba- like you said, it's the bastardization of it yeah. that they've just taken on themselves, and they think that they're oh, I'm so zen and so wonderful, and just 
touch my kiss my ring basically is kind of the feeling you get and there's the two groups so the one group is very much like i can solve any problem i know i just i'm gonna light my candles and i'm gonna hit my singing bowl and everything will be just wonderful and i can solve all of your issues and then there's the rest of us teachers or instructors (laughs) who are like we're actually the most fucked up people that's why we do yoga And those are probably more effective because you can understand other people's problems. There's an empathy. There's an empathy, yeah. And says, like, I have this student that came in and she was involved. She was on a jury. It was a murder trial. She was not okay. Like, she was not okay. And I said, so why don't you just come into class? And why don't you just lay on your mat? And why don't you just listen to the music? And if you feel like stretching, then stretch. But if you don't feel like doing it, why don't you just lay there and just zone out for a while? And she started crying. Like, she was like, I'm allowed to do that. Like, it's your practice. You can do whatever you want. Well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Rather than, well, here's what we're going to do. This is what's going to release those blah, 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 blah. Like, no, just lay on your mat then. Um, I don't know if it's you that told me this, but I've heard, I feel like I've heard this phrase a few times and I, um, where we know our bodies better than anybody else, obviously. And so like, and we know, I think intuitively we know what our body needs, like you were kind of t- referring to. Um, so like just having that, like she, and her mind too, like she knows what, like she probably didn't want to exert herself and stretch and do all this stuff because she's already got all this stuff on her mind and like she doesn't want to have to feel like she has to do these go through these movements yeah but she just needed permission yeah Um, yeah it's it's weird it's super weird but anyways (laughs) (laughs) that's wild i can't um so my first time doing yoga, it's really weird that it was my, well, not my first time. My first time doing real yoga. I did, like, video yoga where they would, like, and there was one that I did that was, like, a, supposed to be, like, a, it was definitely a bastardization because it was, like, a cardio yoga. Like, you had to, like, um, you didn't have us doing anything, but he was, like, having us, like, tighten muscles and, like, do stuff like that like um to like it was supposed to tone you more than like he was like focusing on the getting the toning and stuff like that and I remember just like sweating so much after that and I was like oh that was a good workout but it wasn't yoga like it was really just stretching you know like with the yoga poses but my real first one was actually <laughs> I did paddleboard yoga <laughs> for my first time girl what? Yeah. oh did you die <laughs> I thought I was going to at some point because and I was like, um, uh, and it was also my first time doing paddleboard at all. So oh I was just God. like two different things at the same time. And so we go out on this lake, go across it. And I'm like, Oh, this is fine. Everything's fine. And I, <laughs> I didn't dare stand up on the, on the board. And, um, so I'm just like going along and she gave us anchors because we had to like be able to anchor ourselves while we were taking the, doing the yoga. And so um, I wasn't in the, sh- I wasn't in a shallow part enough part. So I was like, I threw my little anchor and 
it didn't stick. And then you and just so floated away. I did. I was like, so I was like, still for a minute. And then I was like, she had us close our eyes, whatever. And all of a sudden I hear the yoga, the instructor's voice going past my ear. And I was like, what's happening? So I opened my eyes and she's behind me when she was like, <laughs> like, um, excuse me. <laughs> I have a little problem. <laughs> she, she saw me because she had her eyes open, but she was like, um, come back. And then so I had to like figure out how to turn around oh, no. and then get the, and then anyway, it was a, it was a mess trying to get anchored and everything. And then, um, we were, uh, trying to, I can't remember if we were, let's see. I, at the very end, she had us do the the wheel, the wagon wheel. No, what's it called? It's not a wagon wheel. Do you know like what I'm talking about? Wheel pose or? Yeah, the wheel pose. I think that's a, not a wagon wheel. <laughs> like, <laughs> this, this, <laughs> like, wanna... push you along, maybe. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, if only. Like, um, I was like, honey, I'm not trying that. And then uh, and there were two of us that were like, novices to that and uh we just looked at each other like um we'll just stand here <laughs> and i refused to, to fall off of my board i was like i'm not going in the water <laughs> not that it was bad but i was just like it's gonna be cold and I, yeah. that's not my vibe right now won't be zen <laughs> it was fun does though. it on the paddle board she's got like like her abs could like crush <laughs> they're insane yeah. like the ability to just just to hold yourself stable oh my goodness yeah yeah see i next time i do that i want to do them separately yeah. <laughs> that's i haven't been on back on a paddleboard since then but yeah i don't blame you <laughs> i don't recall to paddleboard yoga ever again i don't know it was fun yeah. but maybe if it, on a beach, maybe somewhere. Yes. <laughs> oh, there you go. But then you got the waves and like, what's that whole situation? And then sharks. Oh, never mind. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh God. I have like an irrational fear of sharks. So. Anyway. I don't like water. I can't see the bottom. So I'm the same. Same. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yet I was in the navy. I don't. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. I would just go outside and scream. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, it's water. <laughs> Get to the I was a lifeguard, but I could see the bottom of the pool, so it was fine. <laughs> oh, so yeah. But like, um, I would, people are always like, well, why are you in the Navy if you're so scared of sharks and water? I'm like, uh, the, Air Force the point is to, well, and also the point is not to be in the water. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want, to... if I'm in the water, there's a problem. Like, yeah. <laughs> Something you, you dig in the water. <laughs> and also, I feel like the purpose of, you know, like the fact that I am so afraid of it means that I will do anything to keep out of it so the ship will survive. <laughs> I will keep this thing afloat. <laughs> if I, I will single-handedly take care of it. <laughs> yeah. I got you. A bitch ain't going in that water because <laughs> there's sharks in there. Oh my God. And other things that I can't see. <laughs> Did you know we know more about the ocean? Than, no, we more know more about space than we know about the ocean. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Wild. Earth. And the, 
Okay, so there's this video. This is a tangent, but there's this video of this little tiny boat, little tiny, tiny boat, and it's like an aerial view, and you see this whale coming up underneath it, and I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, it gives me anxiety every time I see it. I'm like, oh, please. And then the videos where they see the whale just like breaching, like right there. I'm like, uh-uh, it's pretty, but mm-mm. from here, it's pretty. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, safe behind my screen. Yeah. Away from that whole situation. Yes, yeah. very pretty. But... The pictures <laughs> that they take of people surfing and you can, like, see a shark in the wave. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh, no, no, no. Mm-mm. Nope. 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 <laughs> I will just yeah. stay under my umbrella because I'm so pale I don't tan. <laughs> just watch. Just watch. <laughs> With your SPF 90? <laughs> just kidding. The... And a hat. um but let's see and then my other experience with yoga i was was actually really calm was this before then maybe this was before anyway it's around the same time we did a wine and yoga thing at the botanical gardens at the in denver fantastic night it was in august so it was like evening it was like during dusk and like sun was setting there was rainbow came over it was like if, it, if this were a date it'd be the oh. most romantic thing right now but i was with my friend Susanna, <laughs> so but i mean whatever it was great she probably she was probably thinking the same thing she's like i was with my gay friend uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> but i brought a bottle of wine and we drank it after the and it, they had a violin thing during the yoga thing it was gorgeous and um that was probably my favorite ever experience of yoga but the paddleboard yoga was just comical the other this yoga was actually like oh i actually feel good after and like yeah but i everybody else had like when you're talking about mats like the yoga mats i was like um i was thinking about how i brought my like foam (laughs) this ugly foam thing And I was the only one. I just throw that thing out, and I, I could see people's like, like there were people that had actual like rugs, like actual like like nice fancy. And my friend had like this one that's like this big old pretty lotus flower on it. And I was like, here's my Walmart thing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind me. Gooby <laughs> do on it. I love it. Uh, man. Anyway, but yeah, that's totally cultural. Like, no me gusta. But I feel like that's a lot in like the diet culture and like our health and wellness, especially in Western culture. Like, there's definitely like uh, you get into these like trends and stuff, like of um, like Weight Watchers and Jenny Craig, and like people get so into it. Um, I love. Okay. CrossFit. Okay, CrossFit. Whole other cult that we could talk about. Another like when I was doing CrossFit, all they talked about was paleo, paleo this, paleo this, paleo this, and I was like, "What are you guys talking about?" And they're like, "Eat like a caveman," and I was like, "What does that mean?" (laughs) Like, basically, if you can kill it, like if it's an animal or a plant, basically. And I was like, "Oh." That's interesting. So no, basically no processed foods. I get that, but like, 
they were like crazy about it. And you had to like, they had this little notebook and you had to fill out like your diet, like how, um, how clean quote unquote you were eating. And they would check it. They would check your daily thing. Like every time you came in, you did like a kind of a check-in and you just show you, show them your notebook. And they're like, oh yeah, okay. Do better next time kind of thing. And I was just like, it's kind of like a shame thing. Oh man. And then if you couldn't do movements, like they would, they would go through the movements with you. And then, um, like Olympic lifts, which were fine. But then they like, go wild with them and make you do it real fast you know like they don't make you they tell you not to do it fast unless you're comfortable Mm -hmm. but then they also kind of like look at you funny if you're still doing it lightweight and like doing it slow kind of thing and they like they push you you know and so you just like you push yourself to do harmful uh, movements with like heavier weight than you're like there's these thrusters the ones that get me are the what is the snatch Snatches. <laughs> like, oh boy, gonna do some snatches. <laughs> How's that snatch for you? <laughs> like, oh god, I can't say it without giggling. But, <laughs> but I will say, the men that do CrossFit, oh, yeah. beautiful. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I was never one of those. But you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> I'm in a lot better shape than I am now, like now than I was when I was doing that. But anyway, CrossFit's a total other level too. But it's just another example, like yoga and like where they've taken this thing and they want to like it becomes a culture thing and a, like a you also like there's a there's a kind of a rivalry between like bodybuilders and crossfitters and like also like um so i'm more on the bodybuilder side and i like like do it more for aesthetics and like to feel good like yeah they do it for like the time you got to get your pr you got to get your dude do all this and you gotta be able to do as many pull-ups as you can and that the pull-ups they do it's not it's not pull-ups but <laughs> they use well, it's like momentum. we're talking about that documentary wild wild west it literally was a cult like they made their own city right like oh yeah the wild wild country or yeah wild Wild west will smith Smith. (laughs) funny story little tangent i was supposed to be a mascot for my high school before i moved from utah to idaho so the summer before we moved i had paid for this cheer camp so i got to go to cheer camp (laughs) but i was dressed as i got to it was just me and this other mascot she was a bulldog i was a cougar and and i I had the most fun it was like i got to like dance and i got to i got to make my own dance i got to do my own you know and um got to hang out with cheerleaders but that was like yay cool like i hated them anyway but um some of them were nice but anyway the there was a we did this i did a dance to that song the will smith song of wild oh. wild west <laughs> yeah, anyway. yeah but anyways the documentary wild wild country with osho <laughs> That. Yeah, he like made his own city. We'll have to let's do an episode on that. 
Yeah, I want to do some episodes on like different cults, like get into some of those. Them all to how the Mormons are also a cult. Yeah. So a big thing that's been kind of I've had part of my deconstruction has been just like actually recognizing that it was a cult, you know, and like actually putting that phrase on it rather than like a religion or a church, you know, and just like and then um and then saying yes, I have I have that and I'm and seeing comparisons to other cults and I'm like, ah. <laughs> I watched the whole um Scientology with Leah Remini. Mm, yeah. Um what's what's the even the NASH show what we even called? I can't even remember. The aftermath? Is that what it's called? I think so, something like that. Ooh, yeah. Me... I started watching that and that's when I was like, oh wait a second. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was in a cult. Because I used to get really mad at my husband. He would say, like, oh, it's because you were raised in a cult. And I'd be like, shut up, it's not called. It's just everything. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I started watching The Aftermath. And I was like, holy shit, I was yeah. in a cult. Yeah, it's wild. And that was just recent. That was like three years ago, maybe? Mm-hmm. Two years ago? 2016. Um, so it's called Leah Rimini, Scientology in the Aftermath. That's it, yeah. So I think I started watching um, 2018. Speaking of which, she just t- tweeted to the um, someone in the Scientology about how... Gavage? Yeah, you shared it, didn't you? Yeah, I did. It was... Um, I think I have a screenshot of it because I... Um, let's see. Hold on, people, listeners. Give me a second. I have to go through all my screenshots because <laughs> I have a bajillion of them. Uh... Maybe I don't. Oh no! Is this, something about is this how even she, worth it? They're trying that to she get would it. go to jail before yeah. she goes. Um, before she releases anything about the Danny Masterson trial or whatever. Yeah, let's see if it's still on me. Nope, it's not on there anymore. Um, yeah, but yeah, she said she would go to jail before she released any anything. Yeah. So. I'm like, good on you, girl. Get them. Scientology repeatedly tried to subpoena my texts and emails in the Danny Masterson matter. It is an attempt to distract from their criminal conduct. David Miscavige, I mean this with every piece of me. I will serve jail time before I hand over a single thing to you. Oh, it gave me chills when I read that. I was like, yes. No kidding. And the fact, so... The thing is with Scientology that I've heard about is that they they use blackmail to get, and that's why like Tom Cruise, like he's so high in the tr- in the in the Scientology or and like, yeah. what we call it, and because it's because they basically trade secrets for to get up into, and so then they can use blackmail against you. You're basically giving them. Um, the rights to control you through your secrets and then uh, yeah anyway that's a whole big thing but um, there's all these theories that and I need to watch that I need to watch that documentary but the um, all these theories and insider stories about how like they um, they use those against you and like they can they're dangerous when they 
if you come start speaking out against them, they're dangerous. Oh yeah, they have it in their policies, like any means necessary to shut you up. Like it's it's nuts. Like I thought it was bad to have the missionaries knocking on my door, but yeah, I just tell them to go away and they cry. So. <laughs> okay, so I found this article. Um, I did a little research. Huh? Are you happy for me? I went to do. A- I meant to do more research, but you know. anyway, this is from Triathlete. <laughs> uh, this is from Triathlete, um, and it's from 2014 by Matt Fitzgerald. It's about, called Five Signs That Your Diet Is a Diet Cult. Mm. So, um, and I thought, at first I was like, oh, well, this is too obvious, but then I was like, oh, because it, oh. Just wait. Okay. So, um, food has always been more than mere sustenance for humans. It is also a source of social and moral identity. Uh, Since as far back as the kosher dietary laws of the ancient Hebrews, human beings have formed group identities and derived a sense of moral superiority from eating by strict rules. That's, again, that moral superiority we're talking about with yoga and CrossFit and, like, like religions and stuff. this instinct has become so deeply ingrained in human nature that according to research by Yale psychologist Karen Wynn, infants as young as three months old express disapproval of others who seem to not to share their food preferences. Ostensibly, most modern diets are all about health, but in fact, they're just as much about group identity and moral judgment as were the diets of the past. If your diet was the following five characteristics, it is what I call a diet cult. So number one, I won't read all of it, but uh, his number one is it has a name. Every diet cult has a name. Examples are the China diet, the Mediterranean diet, and the plant-based diet. And then he says, but wait, doesn't every diet have a name? Nope. There are some healthy ways of eating that are nameless. For example, I've spent years analyzing the diets of elite endurance athletes. Very few of them being long to, yeah, belong to diet cults. The vast majority of these men and women have no name for their way of eating, and yet they eat very healthfully. Elite endurance athletes are living proof that a person does not need to join any diet cult to become as hu- healthy as a human being can be. He goes on to talk about this term agnostic healthy eating to refer to like um, eating more high quality stuff than like fruit and vegetables rather than low quality stuff such as candy so he says that that's what like elite athletes do they don't really abide by like a strict like rule of like i'm only gonna eat this many rice rice and chicken you know like they don't they do portions probably but like it's not like as strict as we would think it is yeah they probably don't like weigh out their protein or whatever right yeah which when I was on my with my last trainer, he wanted me to like he would give me my um he would give me weight rather than and he did it in like ounces rather than like um like do a cup of this, you know, like Oh really? Yeah. So he wanted me to have like a food weight, like a food scale and everything. And it was yeah, it was very strict and just I it's not good for my mental health. <laughs> no. Uh, um, and any deviation I made from that, I always felt guilty. Oh, like, any deviation because I had to report my cheat meals, quote unquote cheat meals. <laughs> but um, 
Let's see. In his number two, it advocates claim that it is the best diet. So if you think about it too, mm-hmm. you know, one one and only true church. Also mm-hmm. like uh, our way of yoga, like your your instructor, that manager that wanted her way of uh, everybody was supposed to be vegetarian. Oh, of mm-hmm. course. Yeah. And like when, uh, what was that, Doc Antle, uh, he made all his, all the women get onto diets and stuff. Tiger King guy, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it seems to be like that's a huge red flag with four cults is they they control down to what you eat. Well, back to that training, they they ate vegetarian the entire time. They were not getting enough protein. So I wonder how how much of a toll it takes on your brain to not be getting enough nutrients to be doing physical exertion for 12 hours a day. Oh yeah. Like that's prime real estate for brainwashing right there. Oof, yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> he says all of the diet cults claim to be healthier, better, or more effective than other diets. Each justifies these claims on scientific grounds but nutrition scientists have not de- not identified a quote-unquote best diet. In fact, they have clearly demonstrated that there is no such thing. Uh, the position of the nutri- nutrition science mainstream was neatly summarized by Mary Nessel in the book What to Eat. She wrote, the range of healthful nutri- nutrient intake is broad and foods from the earth, tree, or animal can be combined in a seemingly infinite number of, number of ways to create diets that meet health goals. Um, and I've also, like, ever since I've left my trainer, that was so, like, he was toxic in so many ways, but, um, the, ever, my mental health, like, completely took a turnaround. Like, I was so focused on comparing myself to others, and I was focused on what I was eating, and I would get mad at myself if I did something, like if I deviated. I would. It was even worse than when I like was a, you know, a strict member and I was doing the word of wisdom and all that stuff. Like it was worse than that. Like I would give more guilt to myself because I would be like, oh well, I don't look like his other clients, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah. and this was just a couple of years ago. Like I, I've only been away from him for. Not even a couple of years. Like I did it for two years, and I was still with him through last summer. So, yeah. That's terrible. Just just being told that you're allowed to eat something mm-hmm. just really rubs me the wrong way. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so his number three. He actually brings up CrossFitters in this later, but um, he says its followers are emotionally attached to it. Yeah. Mm. Uh. Mm. So, if you've ever made a decision to follow a particular na- name brand diet, you probably assume this decision was based on a rational belief that the diet would work, but that's not the whole story. Women are much more likely than men to become vegetarians. That's kind of culturally, I mean, honestly, like, women are told to be skinny, like, in the yeah, a really quick way. Yeah, we're supposed to have a little salad, um, just have a little salad. Funnily enough, I would probably order a steak and my husband would probably order a salad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It says, politically liberal men and women are more likely than conservatives to give up meat. Men are far more likely than women to adopt the paleo diet. 
mm-hmm. which is what I was talking about, which is uh, crossfitters are more likely than tennis players to go paleo. Mm-hmm. In short, people are attracted to diets largely on the basis of identity. Factors such as gender, age, geography, politics, profession, hobbies, group membership, and personality predispose individuals to resonate emotionally with the ethos of a given diet. Sometimes, sometimes it's as simple as who you're friends with. So by association, if a bunch of your friends needlessly remove gluten from their diet, you're likely to do the same. Um, Just ask to have their gluten put in mine. <laughs> right? They don't want theirs. Can you? Put, Can I have that extra gluten? That'd be great. <laughs> <Yeah>. All of it. <laughs> uh, number four. It demonizes particular foods and or nutrients. Oh, I hate that. Mm-hmm. My mom did keto and I was like, eat a goddamn carb. <laughs> right? I did keto for a while too. And um, like I was, I lost a lot of weight with it, but yeah, I. For sure. And I loved like being able to eat eggs all the time and like all the meat, you know, but I was just like, I wasn't healthy i don't you know it's not good for you to do it long term you're not supposed to do it long term yeah yeah uh there have been forbidden foods in every culture throughout history surprisingly few of these taboos have had anything to do with health rather their main function has been to define particular cultures as distinct from their neighbors For example, drinking alcohol in moderation is one of the healthiest things a person can do, yet it is forbidden in the Muslim religion. Mm. Also, the Mormon religion. Why? Mm. Because the taboo helps define Muslims as distinct from followers of other religions. How's that? Does that sound familiar? <laughs> Gives me all the family feelings. The practice of forbidding foods that are particularly healthy continues to thrive today. The only difference is that advocates of modern diet cults claim that the healthy foods they forbid are actually unhealthy. For example, plant-based or vegan diets forbid the consumption of fish on the grounds that eating fish causes heart disease, when in fact eating fish drastically reduces the risk of heart disease and slows brain aging. I was going to say, isn't like omega fatty acids like so important for your brain? So important. I'm like, yeah. Um, all diet cults enforce nutritional musts that aren't really musts for good health. Again, this is because improving health is only because of the only half of the true agenda of the diet cults. Mm. Yeah. Um, number five, it uses fear to recruit new converts. Oh my god. Mm. Yeah, right? It's <laughs> <laughs> wild. I was reading these, I was like, oh my Oh, oh. All right. All diet cults work aggressively to impose their doctrine on outsiders. Ah! <laughs> Pause there for a second. Uh, they do so primarily through fear, a powerful motivator for behavioral change. Champions of each diet cult want to believe that you are slowly killing yourself with your current diet and that the only way of eating that is not a prolonged method of suicide is their own. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> This is sounding very familiar. Like some guy in a white shirt's gonna knock on my door and be like, "Have you <laughs> heard about paleo?" And I'll be like, yeah. "Uh, yeah." And then he'd probably do a snatch in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
see. The anti-sugar diet cult is a good example. Proponents of this dietary sect argue for total elimination of refined sugars from the diet on the grounds that sugar is toxic and addictive in any amount. So that's another um, explanation they give about the word wisdom is that mm-hmm. coffee's addictive. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have one drink and you're gonna be in just jonesing for your next cup. I mean, I am. And even and then alcohol too, like the. They think that like one sip of alcohol, you're going to be like an alcoholic the rest of your life. Oh, I totally like my mom told me that all the time because we have like a family history of alcoholism or whatever. She's like, you'll have one sip and you'll just be an alcoholic. And I was like, well, <laughs> no, Ugh. maybe she thinks I am. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, we all know that refined sugar is unhealthy in excess, but if it were toxic and addictive by any sane definition, then most of us would be dead many times over. Also, mm. I'm thinking about all the people at Desert Book when I worked there. So much sugar. So much, so sugar. much sugar. Mormons eat a lot of sugar. So much. Oh. They can't have sex and they can't drink, so. so that's all they got to do. <laughs> uh, all right, so his, his little last little paragraph is... As I suggested above, most of the cult diets are perfectly healthy, or at least they can be. What's more, the dogmatism and, get this word, sanctimoniousness of their champions serve a purpose. (laughs) I had to pause because I had to make sure I said that right. Giving eaters comforting certainties to latch onto so that the hard work of avoiding the fast food drive-through window day after day is just a bit easier. Mm-hmm. Diet cults aren't for everyone, though. Many folks are turned off by the arbitrariness of their rules and by the self-righteousness of their attitudes. If you were one of these folks, I am right. <laughs> me, me, That's me. me. <laughs> <laughs> so this is for you. If you are one of these folks, I encourage you to take a cue from Elite Endurance. Oh, just kidding. This is not. This part's not for you. This part's for the people that think that it's. Um, the diet culture for everyone. I encourage you to take a cue from elite endurance athletes and try agnostic healthy eating. It's an easy game to play. There are 10 basic categories of food listed in descending order of overall quality. They are vegetables, fruit, nuts, seeds, and healthy oils, high quality meat and seafood, whole grains, dairy, fine grains, low quality meat and seafood, sweets, and fried foods. Each week, try to each try to eat each item on this list more often than any item following it. That's it. And I mean, that just goes back to, I mean, I think there are some problematic things with like that food pyramid we learned about in like as kids, but like, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Like you want to have a lot more high quality stuff than you you don't want and you want to eat the limit yourself on the sugar. But I mean, if you want to have a fucking piece of cake, have a piece of cake and it's fine. Fine, ice cream's fine. Chocolate's yeah. good. Yeah. But, and if you want to have coffee, have some coffee and put a little creamer in that and put a little sugar in that or a lot of sugar, whatever. Ordering a black, whatever you want to do, whatever floats your boat. As we've learned, the coffee is uh, actually good for you. So, and if you didn't listen to the episode about the coffeeless coffee, that oh anyway um well that's that was the end of that article and um 
I don't know. It was like it's just interesting to see the see the um, similarities between <laughs> Mormonism and that, and also like yoga and like how it's there's certain there's different. Um, what am I trying to say? There's different uh, cults can happen in different forms. I guess is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, um, it be a cult, right? Like it just takes it just takes a group of people that. I don't want that. Oh, I'm sorry. Not that. Sorry. No, no, no. Our little visitor is back again. <laughs> Right? He's cute though, so it's fine. It's fine. You're pretty cute. Um, <laughs> yeah, like anything that you can become obsessed with, like it can become so toxic and so dangerous quickly. Um, announcement. I oh. took off my Apple Watch. <gasps> what? I know. Girl. Not- How's that feeling for you? Do you feel okay about this? Are you liberated? Are you going a little crazy about it? Like um at first I was very anxious. I had to put a watch on because I was checking my wrist. Something. Um but I did my workout this morning. I have no idea how many calories I burned. Oh. I don't know what my overall time was. All I know is I feel really good. Yay. That's good. Right? Yeah, that's what um that's really what matters. And that's actually what I've been focusing on on my gym time is like just making sure that I feel good. And yes, I have to like, I you do get to a point where I'm like, I need to burn so many calories today or whatever, you know, but I, I do that more for like my mental, like, um, I don't do it to be like, oh, I got to burn this many every day, but I just do it to like get to a certain number. So I know when to stop. <laughs> But that's, I mean, that's. Yeah. It. Yeah. Like I know, like I work, I get up at 530 and I know that I have until seven when my kids are up. Right. So mm-hmm. that's, it, it felt good. Like at first I was kind of like, I don't think I can do this, but <laughs> yeah, I think it's because we started talking about doing this like what last week. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I'm thinking about like, I'm, I'm like in an Apple watch cult basically because yeah well that's what I, they want you to do is to be so reliant on it that you're um that's where you are so life. it's your you it tells you you haven't stood up in the last 52 minutes you need to stand mm. up you didn't close your exercise ring you need to do four more minutes of exercise today like I was turning talk about crazy. talk about also like putting some more okay so um, my friend, I keep bringing her up, but she's, um, she's amazing. I might have to have her on the show sometime, but the, um, she talks about self guilt and how the, um, like we all have our own and it also depends on how you were raised and everything. And like, but even in our culture, like in our society today, everybody puts guilt on, uh, on themselves. And so like, oh, I'm so always, bad. I'm having another slice of cake. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I feel like the Apple Watch is just another layer of that. And like, oh, well, I didn't close my rings. So I'm going to just 
Um, yeah, because every week it, you, it increases how many calories you're going to burn that week, right? And so you're, uh, you never, you never, you never get reach your, you never reach it because, oh, last week you burned 720 calories. This week you're going to burn 800. Like, I'm glad you said it that way because, um, okay, so I was, and I'm just, just going to show you this in a minute, but um, the, uh, Okay, so the Mormon Stories episode, I'm still like halfway through it. It's about the Brad Wilcox speech that he gave at a stake youth conference thing. Yeah. And um, Kara Burrell mentioned that like being in the church is like, there's always just this dangling carrot in front of you and you're never reach, like you're, you're never, never good ready. enough. So I'm glad you said it that way. But yeah, <laughs> you're gonna have to you're gonna have to do an episode on your thoughts on that because I tried to get into it and got really angry. Oh man, oh man. Um, I'm they're dissecting it really well. So listeners, if you wanna like, I literally gasp every time they show like make a little clip of him talking. I'm like, is this for real? So um, yeah. I do want to do an episode on it. I kind of wanted to, I was just like, everybody's going to do their own episode, but I'll, you know, it'd be, I'll do one. <laughs> yeah, you so, should, for sure. Um, <laughs> What's happening? I, some talking animal on a show, and he's very offended that that animal that animal can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> That's where he draws the line. <laughs> yeah. You can make ice and a snowman can come to life, but we do not have talking animals. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> do you want to build a snowman? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, that was good. Thank you so much for sharing your experience with yoga. That was... Uh, eye-opening i'd like to do more of this stuff of like because this is something i'm interested in like um always like exploring about like i would i like talking about health and wellness stuff anyway because it's such a like there's a big there's a lot to it and i try to be very careful about how much i get into it because like i've talked about i kind of referred to how i've done crossfit i've done keto i've done paleo i've done like all this stuff i'm like I've been doing diet, but it's also just like we learn how we learn our relationship with food and with um, everything else from our parents. Mm -hmm. And so and I, I know my mom was always on these like trend diets and she was always talking about her body in certain ways that was just like very obviously impactful for me because that's a big reason I have body dysmorphia, you know, and I just. Um, yeah. So. um but we don't realize that that's the impact we're having on the younger generations. And it's just like with everything else, like with our psychology, psychological trauma and everything and how we like, we can break that cycle or we yeah. can continue it and pass it on to our kids. Like, um, like you've talked about, you raised your hand when you said you have that relationship with food where it's just like, eat the good things, eat those, you know, eat for your, your benefit rather than for to like, for the calorie count and the way yeah. they and passing that on to your kids is going to be very beneficial to them and i noticed like not to i don't know anyway your parenting the way you parent is that way too like in all aspects of just like 
teaching them to um, embrace their emotions rather than like be scared of them, like and like, and not to be not to be angry at them for having emotions. And that's yeah. that was always something that I was raised with. Was like, I can't be angry. I can't be sad. I have to be always like in this this nice even killed. Um, I have to be pleasant all the time. And so regulating my, um, yeah, and regulating my emotions and like being and not being able to feel comfortable with my emotions has taken like getting to that space has taken a lot of work. So and it's because of I mean, it's because of their past traumas too like in their parents you know passed down from their parents it's generational and because they were raised that children were to be seen and not heard right so yeah yeah. didn't know any better either yeah I yeah I don't ever want my kids to feel stifled the way I was so hopefully I'm raising them I hope so they're pretty loud (laughs) yeah (laughs) they're definitely not stifled (laughs) no Definitely. <laughs> they get their points across. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, and I've also noticed, I don't know how, anyway, but the, um, like, when you talk to them, like, they're people, <laughs> which is, like, not, like, when I was younger, it was, it was very much a condescending, like, parent to child. It wasn't like a, like, there's definitely an authority there with them still with you, but, like, there's you're never like talking down to them and I that was never something that I really had so anyway I just wanted children to respect us but then we need to respect them too right like we need to yeah because respect does go both ways it needs to have it really does yeah you have to earn respect so Mm -hmm. I brought you into the world (laughs) (laughs) right Anyway, I think you're doing great. So thank you. You're gonna make me cry. <laughs> hey, one of us had to cry on this episode, and it wasn't gonna be me. <laughs> I made you cry in a while. Like, the thing. <laughs> oh, you froze during that. Sorry. You did too. <laughs> you were just like. <laughs> oh, did I? <laughs> yeah, so were you. And you did like the slow motion, like. <laughs> I was like. It's <laughs> great. All right. Love technology. We run a very professional podcast. <laughs> hey, I haven't hung up on you in a while, so it's fine. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> Uh, listeners, also, I had to stop. We This wasn't the first take of the recording. We had to stop five minutes in because my dog got out and I had to go chase him. And I and, hung up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. She also hung up on me. So I, I was to. like, what just happened? Because <laughs> she hates me. <laughs> You've had enough of your phone, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> I was literally just about to push the record button and she hung up on me. So anyway, <laughs> tell me how you really feel, Dusty. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> All right. I'm going to. Yeah. All right. Our listeners, hope you have a beautiful day. Thank you for uh, joining us. And thank you, Dusty, for, as always, for bringing <laughs> your Canadian uh, glamour 
There's G L spelled G L A M. We don't we spell that one with an O U R G though. Oh, do you? So, yeah, we don't spell oh. it. Do we? Maybe. Oh, jeez. Now I gotta look that up. But the <laughs> anyway, now I'm gonna. Oh no! Yeah, we spell. Oh wait, nope. Just kidding. Oh, there is different ways to spell that. All right. Anyway. O R and we spell it O U R. That one I do spell with an O U R. Maybe I should just convert. You just want to be Canadian, just. Come yeah, basically. I mean, the men are hotter up there, so. True. Lumberjacks, remember lumberjacks. <laughs> I'm the one that cuts the wood for our fireplace in this house, not my husband. So that's weird. I mean, I dig it still. Cool. <laughs> I'm a lumberjill. <laughs> That's actually lumberjane is what they call them. Oh, lumberjane. Oh. Yeah.